Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the fortnightly podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. If you're new around here, then each fortnight we have a bit of a catch up and share what we've been up to and what we've been loving recently, whether that's books or TV shows, podcasts, movies, whatever. And then we have a discussion about something we feel is really relevant to right now. However, this fortnight we're going to do things a bit differently because it's our Christmas party episode. We're gonna. We're feeling festival ready, and this is our last episode of the year. Anyone who's been around here for a while will know that each December we do take a week, a fortnight off, um, just for a bit of a rest. Really, it's a busy time of year. You guys have better things to do, probably, than listen to us. And <laughs> it's always nice to take a bit of a break, practice what we preach, have a bit of balance, and refresh. So this week we're talking all things festive. And exciting even if you don't celebrate Christmas hopefully you will still enjoy this and it will bring you some joy um and just have a bit of chat of a chat about the positive things that have happened this year because 2020 has been a challenge for everyone um mm-hmm. and rightly so like it has it has been a really rough year but we just want to leave it on try and leave it on like a positive note so how festive are you feeling my love oh my god we put up the tree last night I I've hit peak festive and I don't think it's not like a peak where you go down the other side. This is, I'm going to ride this wave for like the next 22 days. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I just, I've never really been, I do enjoy like the festive period generally, but I've never been so excited about Christmas this early on. I think usually it hits me maybe around like the 12th, 13th, like middle of the month. So specific. <laughs> it, I know it is because it's always the second weekend that we would get the Christmas tree. <laughs> that's why no, I'm being no, really that specific that makes sense I feel like I've in all the years I've known you which I think this is our eighth Christmas of knowing each other madness oh my god um I've never known you to be this festive this early and I am here for it I love it so part of me does think it's because I had Christmas last year in Australia and obviously we chatted about that then but it was it did not feel like Christmas it mm. was a hot Christmas and don't get me wrong spending Christmas on the beach is is fun in its own unique way but part of part of Christmas is the the coziness and the log fires and the mulled wine and all of the great food and spending it with family and that's what I love about Christmas. Even though I hate the cold and I did love the sun, but John, they you know they have shrimp and prawns for Christmas. I mean, I mean, it feels a bit like sixties, doesn't it? And seventies, like a prawn cocktail on Christmas Day. Yeah, I mean, I get it because it's literally peak summer, but. Like, would you really want to be tucking into mashed potato and all your roasties and all of like? I can I can understand it, but it didn't feel right. So I don't know whether it's just like double whammy, like two years of festive build up, or whether it's just because twenty twenty has been such such a shit show, basically. That um, this is what I've been looking for. This is this is the happiness that I can take from this year. 
I don't know about you, I just need the joy. Like the rule book has been thrown out the bloody window. In November, we actually ordered our Christmas tree on the 31st of October. Then there was a whole palaver and I sent it back because I found out a real tree was way more environmentally friendly. And that's a whole like hilarious story for another time. Um, <laughs> so I sent my Christmas tree back and um, we're going to go get it this weekend. But like, so that means that what, for five, six weeks, I've been in full Christmas mode. Like, I've just I've just planned everything like I've started my Christmas shopping we've got our decorations arriving but what's so nice is that this year like it isn't because I'm home more and there are obviously negatives to that but there are positives in that for the first time in years I can like take care over wrapping everything and like planning my wrapping design because I'm that person um (laughs) like actually like working out like having time to work out if I want to do any baking I've never done festive baking really so I'm excited that I might be able to make some mince pies or make gingerbread men um for anyone who's not in the UK I feel like we disclaim this every year but if you're not in the UK and you don't know what a mince pie is um it's like it's not meat (laughs) it's like a fruit stewed fruit berry not berry like raisiny alcoholy situation in a pastry it's not meat <laughs> like it's not animal mince meat yeah but no I totally agree though being at home is I'm really I mean I've gotten into cooking and baking this year so maybe that's also played a factor but I am really looking forward to making things this year but I feel yeah. like I feel more stressed though about shopping mostly because everyone I know has given me a spreadsheet with their shopping list on like their, their Christmas list. And that, that does include Charlotte, everyone. <laughs> yes, it does. And whilst I appreciate the organisation, I feel very stressed that everyone has had the time and the commitment to make one of these when I don't have one. And then I felt bad because I didn't have a spreadsheet to give to people. <laughs> no, the reason I do it is because I know that I can be a little bit difficult to buy for. Um, it's feedback I've had in the past. And I, I disagree. Have, do you think? I think I'm, I'm conscious. I'm very like, uh, I like what I like. Maybe you don't find it difficult because you know me so well. I know that you like what you like, but out of like, so out of our group of friends, I don't want to make this all like very insular and ooh, name everyone, but like out of all of us, I find you, I get the most ideas throughout the year for things that I would get you. Really? Yeah. I love that. I just worry that I, I think it's because I worry that I'm inconvenient to other people. So like, particularly like parents and people like that, I just write it all down. And I'm, I'm always like, I'm like, you don't have to get me anything at all. Like, please don't think I'm being like a diva. And I try and keep it like a reasonable price point. I'm not like, I would like a pony and I would like a private jet. <laughs> Although, you Oh know. my God, my brother sent his list over and at the top was a Tesla. <laughs> Oh my god, that's obviously joking. Just <laughs> but it was just it was so casual. Like everything else on there was just like totally normal things to ask for for Christmas. But at the top, it was like Tesla DS. What well, I, I don't, I'm not even going to try and say what the model is. But like cool, yeah, obviously just pocket change. <laughs> a little stocking filler, nothing crazy. Let's not go mad. It's been a tough year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Completely controlled. We're getting our tree this weekend, like I said, and I'm I'm just so excited. I've never like gone to a I've only had a real Christmas tree once before. Um and I didn't really like go to a farm to pick it out. So I'm really excited that we're gonna do it properly and like properly go and pick our tree. 
we um, we were very picky with the tree. We went on Tuesday morning and there wasn't a tree that we liked. So then Taylor and dad went back later so the farmer could take them into the field so they could cut down the one that they wanted. I love um, that. I mean, you've got you to gotta get it right, you know. But um, the smell, like, I've just forgotten how much I love the smell of a real Christmas tree. Like, it fills wait. the whole house, like that piney, oh, I love it. I can't wait. I just can't wait. Alex has always had real trees, so I think he was a bit shocked when I was like, I've ordered the Christmas tree, and he was like, okay, fine. And then when we decided to get a real one, I could see his little eyes light up, and I was like, oh, he's like, it's the smell, it's the smell of Christmas. I'm just... Oh, I'm just so excited. I feel like we should um, talk about our recommendations and then move on to like our more festive stuff. What do you think? Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you want to kick it off with your first recommendation this week? Okay. So I think you're going to love it. You might have already seen this. It's entirely possible you've already seen this because I feel like you guys would love it. And I'm going to say this and Taylor's probably going to be like, yeah, he's a big deal. But there's a show on Netflix. <laughs> it's David Letterman's new show. Um yeah, like the biggest talk show host in the US. Um, <laughs> and his new show is called My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. And it's essentially a chat show where he interviews famous celebrities. Um, and I just really love his interview style. He, it feels like he gets a lot out of people, but in a very, um, just like in a very organic way. Like it feels like a really natural conversation. And I'm sure any big Letterman fans are probably like, yeah that's like his thing <laughs> but he interviewed some really interesting people I loved the episode of Robert Dowie Jr I feel like I learned so much about him um the episode with Tina Fey of course like I love Tina Fey um I love like 30 Rock that was such like a I just remember us all watching that at uni yeah um, and she talks so much about SNL and that kind of thing and that was just really lovely to listen to and the episode with Barack Obama like just, oh, I need to listen to that. Yeah. You would that love um, and I'm sure Taylor would like it. Maybe he doesn't like Letterman. I'm just making an assumption because he's American, but it might be like homey for him. We've, we've watched clips before. We watch quite a lot of like the talk shows um, in the US. Um, so yeah, I've seen bits before, but I haven't actually watched that on Netflix. It's really good. I'm there's an episode with Kim Kardashian West, and I mean we've discussed the Kardashians in previous episodes but I am quite interested to watch it because I do think when it comes to interviews obviously she's well media trained but it's quite interesting and she talks about um the robbery in Paris and also her relationship well not her relationship but her family's like relationship to OJ Simpson and Uh, I do find that really interesting so I think I'm probably going to watch that one next but it's just each episode's about an hour long like it's quite easy watching but they're just really great conversations yeah yeah I think I've actually I've seen the clip of Kim Kardashian West where she's talking about that it was actually really interesting I mean like you said yeah she's media trained but it's it was fascinating to kind of hear her first-hand account of it and to be so Mm. open about it as well I think obviously there's been like quotes there's been snippets in the media but it I don't know it seemed a lot more don't say candid because I don't feel like there's a lot about her that is candid but yeah like you said I think his interview technique is very good at making those conversations with people feel very natural for sure what is your first one so my first recommendation my recommendations this week are a bit um they could be used for christmas if you're looking for christmas ideas for people gifts or for yourself you know um 
and it's called The Clean Market. And it's a company, it's based in London, um, small business, and they are an entirely eco-friendly focused online shop where their mission is basically to find alternative sustainable products to reduce your daily waste to zero. That's like their, their goal. And I came across them because I was looking for, I wanted like a gift set of lots of vegan and organic things for someone. And they have this amazing feature where you can build a custom box. So you basically start with a box and they've got so, so many items, like so many to choose from, dozens and dozens. And they're all different prices. And you basically basically select which ones you want to put into the box. So there's everything from like vegan, cruelty-free, organic, like hand creams, face creams, all the way through to um, like reusable razors, um, um, different like food items, drink items, uh, reusable like cotton pads, um, clothing items, everything that you could think of, like daily things, day-to-day items they have in an eco-friendly, waste-free version. So basically they try and, or they do categorize all their products into organic, natural, sustainable, zero waste, handmade or vegan. Like They all fall into usually multiple of those. And then all of their packaging is sustainable, plastic free, eco-friendly. Um, and I was just really impressed. Like the prices are what impressed me the most. They are really, really reasonable. That custom box, you can put items in there that are like a pound, pound 50, all That's the way so up to like 20. So you can basically spend as much as you want. Um, and I was really impressed. And obviously it's a, it's a UK based business. So highly recommend if you're looking for that kind of eco-conscious gift for someone that you're not sure where to start, that box of putting it together yourself is a really great idea. I love that. And I love that the price point means that you can actually try stuff out. Like if you're looking into that, like, because that's the problem so often, isn't it? You're like, oh, this face cream is brilliant on so many levels, but it's like 20 quid. Like that's a lot of cash to part with if you're not sure. It's really nice that you can just try things out for an accessible price point. Yeah, they have mini versions of stuff as well, which are like really cheap. So there was a soap that I saw that I think was like six pounds for the bottle or there was a mini version that was like two pounds. So you could yeah do exactly that, get it and try it out. And if it suits you, then yeah, you can go back and get more. I think that's great because that's such an important part of sustainability as well. Like not just running out and bulk buying just because something's in bulk buy, like obviously bulk buy can be really, really beneficial. But if you're then stuck with products that don't suit you or that you react to or that you don't like, it can be really difficult. So that's such a cool way of trying things. Yeah, I was really impressed. Um, What's your second recommendation? So they're not completely dissimilar in that it's kind of carrying on with that sort of sustainability theme. And this is an app. It's called Good On You. And the concept's really simple. You download the app and you put in a retailer's name and it will tell you how sustainable ethical environmentally friendly that particular brand is so it's a really great tool if you are someone who's just trying to take steps in the right direction to make your fashion consumption in particular more environmentally friendly and more sustainable I think we're probably going to touch on this in more detail in the new year because we want to we really want to drill down into it and do a proper episode about all this but it's something that both of us have been trying to do over the past couple of years um and this has been the thing that I've always found a bit difficult because you're like, there are so many high street brands that sound like, like seem like they're doing great things, but they're actually greenwashing and they're not actually living up to what they say they're doing. Or there are brands that you assume aren't that good, but actually do some cool things, but they just don't shout about it. Um, so I downloaded this app and 
I found it really useful. What you can do is type in the brand, it will give them a rating of not good enough, it's a start, good and great. And it will rank it on different things as well. So it looks at labour, it looks at its environmental friendliness, um, and then also how it treats animals. So if it's a brand that uses leather or it uses cashmere or anything like that, it will rate how they use, how they treat those animals and ensure that it's not um, non... I can't remember what the word is, but the, the, like, if you're using wool, it's not from sheep that are being sheared too close so they like get too cold and that sort of thing. So... It's uh-huh. got a great level of detail. I will caveat it with the fact that it's there are some smaller brands that I found that I know do have eco credentials, but because they're smaller brands, it hasn't been updated for like a year or two, so it might not be entirely reflective. But I'm talking like one or two brands that I found that's the case for. Um, if it's a brand that has good eco credentials, it will recommend you something similar. And if it's got bad credentials, I'm looking at like the places of like pretty little thing boohoo, it will not recommend you a similar brand, which I think is a really powerful thing. So fast fashion is a whole conversation in its own right. But mm-hmm. if you're looking for a really simple way, the app's completely free, um, a simple way to just, just educate yourself a bit more because knowledge is entirely power in these situations. Such a good place to start. I feel like that's one of those things that I knew I needed something like that I just didn't know where to find that information that's so good it's all in one place so helpful so helpful and then if a brand's doing really great work you can drop them a message being like great work want to see more of it or you can drop them a message that says you need to do better I will no longer be shopping with you until you um do better and obviously being able to boycott a brand is a complete luxury and a privilege and I acknowledge that entirely but if it's something you can do and is accessible to you that as well is like a really powerful thing yeah to do oh yeah absolutely that's so good as well because it's so difficult it, one person boycotting something yeah you can argue it doesn't make a difference but an app like that that gives each, each individual person a voice like yeah. that's that's really powerful to however they get that information back to the brand to know that mm-hmm. there's people out there who are saying this is this is not okay and this is what I'm going to do about it like yeah giving the little people a voice yeah and it's it's more nuanced than this brand is awful and to be avoided at all costs and this brand is brilliant and I think that nuance is so important in this conversation so it's a handy tool to have just download it it's on your phone and it's just a quick habit change that can make a difference absolutely no no I was gonna say I feel like my next one is also on a a similar kind of theme Um, I'm loving it, well, it's slightly different. Again, it's to do with what you can, little ways that you can help or little changes that you can make if you're um, buying books for people. Um, so if you're thinking about buying anyone a book, whether that's for Christmas or just in general, if, you pref- if you're someone who prefers to have a book rather than buying a digital copy, I highly recommend buying it from hive.co.uk. Um, so they're an online book. Uh, bookstore that's been around since 2011 and they basically they're a platform that helps independent bookshops so obviously independent bookshops have been struggling for years and it's an issue that's very close to my heart having worked in publishing and I see how many close and it is it's so difficult because people aren't shopping as much on the high street and it's difficult for independent bookshops to make um, like online orders and deliveries work on their on the smaller budgets and their limited resources so when you order from hive 
a percentage of everything you order goes to an independent bookshop. And the best part is you can pick the bookshop it goes to. So I think it's, I mean, it's not as high a percentage as I would like, but considering I would not be able to buy from a local bookshop and get it delivered. So I'm, I don't want to go into stores at the moment, just personal choice. I would rather not at the moment. And people choose that throughout the year, whether it's to do with COVID or personal issues, mobility issues, whatever it might be. Um, And ordering from one of these independent bookstores just isn't, isn't possible because they don't have the online shop facility to, to send, to send books out to people. So if you order from Hive, then 10% of all book orders go to a bookstore of your choice. And that goes to 25% when you select in-store collection. And then it's 8% on eBooks and 3% on other like entertainment products. So like games or stationery or anything like that. So it's just, it's a nice way to still support independent bookshops, even if you are not able to go in or buy from an independent bookshop for whatever reason. I love that. There are so many people who have like um, requested books for Christmas presents. And that's been my struggle is like finding somewhere that I can easily get to that will sell these books because some of them are quite niche, whereas something like Hive, if it's online, that you get the variety as well, I guess. Yeah. And you're, I I do think it's so important to shop small and shop local wherever you can. And that is just such a handy, another one of those things that I knew I I needed, but I didn't know how to like find it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's such a shame to see independent bookshops go out of business because I think they're incredible. And I think there's, it's such a shame to see bigger companies just taking over a monopoly of the market. So I think if that's something that really matters to you, then this is a great way to support independent bookshops. And it uses your location as well, if you let it. So for me, it gave me independent bookshops in Nottingham to choose from. So I could actually pick one that was local to me, local-ish. I love that. Love it. Um, Do we want to move on to our Christmas recommendations? Mulled wine at the ready. Oh, I've I've finished my mulled wine. I'm well ahead of you. I'm on the red wine. Not, don't worry, we're not recording drunk. We just thought Christmas party, we're getting the festive yeah. spirit. Not that we need much help with that. And now we can both, now we're recording in the same time zone, we can both record at a time that is appropriate to drink um, rather than it being like 9am for one of us because, you know, <laughs> positives of being back in the same country. But in terms of Christmas recommendations, I'm going to kick it off with my favourite Christmas movie. Well, one of my favourite Christmas movies, but I feel like it's a slightly lesser known one that so many people haven't seen, and it's The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It blows my mind that you think it's not as well known, but I guess maybe it isn't. I absolutely love it. it we watched it on it. the 1st of December. <laughs> it's one of my favourites, but whenever I say it, people are like, oh, I've never seen that. And I'm always surprised, because I think it's such a classic. Like, it's set in the 80s, which makes it even better. And it's about the Griswold family and they want to have the perfect family Christmas but like anything in life it does not go to plan and it's just oh it's just hilarious the comedy scenes I yeah I literally laugh out loud the squirrel scene oh yeah. my god yes oh my god if anyone else has seen it please let us know what your favorite scene from that movie is because I love it <laughs> I love actually I love like the holiday all of those I love them but there's just something about National Lampoons that bring such a smile to my face our tree was so covered in sap when we were putting it up 
they all I could think of was a scene in that movie where he's just like ripping out pages of the magazine because he's got such sticky fingers. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I think we're going to have to watch it on Saturday when we put our tree up. Well, continuing the theme of the uh, some of the older classics, um, although I do love Home Alone. I just I can't believe I've not put Home Alone on this list. Home Alone one, I do or Home love two. Which one? One is the best, followed by two. Do you think? I think number two. I prefer number two, Lost in New York. I know it's controversial. I know. I know it's controversial, but there's just something about New York at Christmas. Oh my god! But that's not what mine is. Mine is the Santa Claus, and I actually watched it in July this year. But it was winter. It was winter in Australia, and I felt festive, so I watched it for the first time. And I didn't realize. I basically never realized that Santa Claus. It had an E on the end, as in like clause of a contract, um, and that gave it a whole new meaning to me. And I thought that was really amazing. And I loved. Oh, I just loved it so much. Again, that's another like classic festive one, and I don't know if it is as popular. I don't know. I people, it kind of was the film that people would bring into school to watch at the end of term. And it was never the one that got picked. So I've never seen it. <laughs> I actually think that because I've always heard of it. And that's why I never realised it had the E on the end because I've never actually watched it and understood it. I just thought it was called the Santa Claus, like just normal Santa. But I, Until like literally 10 seconds ago, I thought Santa Claus as in Father Christmas had an E on the end. So. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong. You, you are the spelling. Am I wrong? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I spell things wrong a lot, so I'm not. <laughs> no, it's yeah. Santa Claus normally does not have an e on. Oh damn! I've been spelling that wrong, haven't I? Although I normally just say Santa, but hey, you know, you learned. Uh, the well, if you're looking. If anyone's looking for a left of field recommendation, I highly recommend watching Krampus. It's like a Christmas uh, horror movie. It's on Netflix. I love it. We also watched that um, on 30th of November in preparation for December. Um, And it's like a classic American Christmas, but actually they get basically haunted by the evil spirit of Krampus. Um, And I think it's really well done Christmas horror movie, actually, if anyone is into that vibe. That niche. I love that it's so you to recommend a Christmas horror movie, and I I just love it. If there is one, I'll find it. <laughs> what about Christmas like albums, playlists, stuff like that? What do you listen to to get into that festive spirit? Mate, you know I'm not a big music listener. Oh, no, no, I which know. is why I'm not going to recommend an album. I am going to recommend Spotify's Christmas is Coming playlist, and it's what we were listening to when we were putting up the tree last night, and it is full of all of the Christmas music that you could want and everything from the classics like from the 80s all the way through to Mariah Carey's good old banger right through to Ariana Grande's whatever it is I don't know what it's called because I'm not down with the kids but the new (laughs) one that she's done um it's got all the tunes on there and I just oh it's really really feel good um we'll be putting it on on Christmas morning for sure oh I love that what about you? You you have a more um, eclectic music taste, which I feel like people appreciate more than mine. I'm not sure people appreciate my eclectic music taste, but to to really highlight my eclectic music taste, my I I don't mind the classic Christmas songs like your your Mariah's, your Shaken Stevens, all of that. But I do get a little bit bored of it, and it just reminds me of shopping in department stores. I worked in retail for a lot of Christmases. Anyone else who has, you'll get it. Um, so. 
I have like two vibes that I quite like, like a cosy Christmas piano music vibe, which is a playlist on Spotify. And I think I recommended it a couple of years back, actually. Um, and I love that. Or I like to go really old school and listen to the Dean Martin and Nat King Cole Christmas album, because that's what we used to listen to as little kids when we put up our Christmas tree. And I listen Aww. to that album every year from like, I mean, probably since I was born, like my mum my had the original album, um, which is now like, what, God knows how many decades old. Up until I was like 14 or 15, we would listen to it every year. So the second that, that music comes on and it goes, do, do, do. I'm like, oh my God, it's putting up the Christmas tree and I can smell it. I can <laughs> picture my dad lining out all the tinsel in size order so that it would go on the right part of the tree. That's where I get it from. Um, <laughs> I can like picture the little ornaments my mum made for our Christmas tree. The lot. I love it. Um, but I also really love the Frank Sinatra Christmas album. It's a very similar kind of vibe. Um, I do like a bit of Frank. I think I just, I think it's another one of those albums I listened to a lot when we were kids for Christmas and so it really evokes that like cozy Christmas vibe. And I know it's not everyone's taste, but I have an eclectic music taste. <laughs> I think what is good, we've got a mix. That's that's what the recommendations are here for. Exactly. What about your Christmas treats? The food that makes the season. <laughs> oh God. I I'm so bad at this because I never because I'm at home, mum makes a lot of stuff, which I know is very very lucky if I was not living at home right now that would not be the case um I do so I hate absolutely hate fruitcake despise it but as soon as you get a good moist Christmas pudding covered in alcohol oh my god I'm so happy with some like proper good proper good god do I know how to speak Um, (laughs) With some really, really nice, like vanilla custard, not the cheap stuff, you know, like the M&S one that's got like the little vanilla bits in. Not just any custard. M&S custard, <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, that I do. That's the only time that I like fruitcake. Um, but I mean, I can't just recommend the same thing we've spoken about for two episodes in a row, but seriously, that, or- that <laughs> chocolate, orange hot chocolate <laughs> is my life right now I've had messages from people who have gone to try and buy this and it's out of stock and that's because I took the last one at the store I feel so bad like I really hope everyone who wants to try it gets a chance to try it this Christmas because it's amazing but I also feel like I, I don't think I personally have sold out the nation's supply of orange hot chocolate just so we're clear um I don't mean you have a supply of it maybe we should start like dealing it I think we could make quite a nice little margin on that. Um, I'm not very festive spirited, though, is it really? (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, What about you? I feel like I've just hijacked that with loads of things. Um, So I'm big into the mulled wine this year because I've never had it before now. I know I spent six Christmases in Prague and I never tried mulled wine. I know, I know judge away everyone this year I tried mulled wine um and I just want to shout out to Sainsbury's Tesco and M&S who all do a mulled wine that's slightly lower in alcohol um and they're all vegan so if you or someone who you will see at Christmas has that requirement supermarkets have you covered I'm also loving the Oggs mince pies um they're vegan too but you wouldn't know not that I think like that's a bad thing or a good thing but like they're so good like really 
crumbly pastry, like a good amount of filling in them, you know, like not a stingy mince pie. I'm obsessed yeah. with them. <laughs> I do love a mince pie. Um, open or closed? What do you mean open or closed? Does your mince pie have a lid on? Uh, yeah, it has it. Oh, maybe it has a lattice. No, it does have a lid. I think it has a proper lid. If I was making them myself, I think I would go semi and like cut out a star and put it on there. That's what my mum used to do like when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah, we oh, have... Um, I feel like I have a memory of your mum making mince pies when I was there once. Yeah, probably. Yeah, she, does, she doesn't She does do fully closed lid... Well, she does some fully closed lid ones, not all of them. This is real niche. <laughs> you know, you've got to cater for everyone. Do you cover your mince pies? <laughs> no, these are important questions. I'm going to try and make mince pies this year. Maybe I need to, like, do a test which ones come out better and which ones taste better. That would be a good... Well, no, it would not be a good podcast episode. It would be a good thing for us to do in private when people don't have to listen to it. I'll, I'll just voice note you, hun. <laughs> yeah, we should just voice note back and forth. Or we could, you know, Skype, modern technology. Can you guys tell we've had some wine? Anywho, um, so I feel like this is the first sign that Christmas is around the corner. Christmas TV ads. Now, you mentioned before we started recording that your favourite one makes you cry. I have so many questions here. <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I, I love the classics. John Lewis, for years, loved their adverts. And I do like it this year. I like that it has the charity aspect. I love Kevin, the carrot. I just, I never feel fully invested in any of them. But there's one that comes on every single year. And honestly, the first time I hear it, I think Taylor was worried because it came on TV for the first time like a week or two ago and I, I started crying and it's the Coca-Cola advert. <laughs> right, I'm not... This is more funny because I don't drink Coca-Cola. There's that. So this is partly what made me laugh. But also, like, and I'm, I'm not laughing at you, I don't want to mock you, but there is nothing sad about that. Like, it's a kid following a lorry. <laughs> like... Yeah, I know, but it, the music... <laughs> Like, it's like sparkly music and then, like, the holidays are coming and the excitement. And I hate it because I hate that I love it because I don't drink Coca-Cola. I feel like they're a symbol of capitalism. This is going far, like, too meta. But there's there's no reason for me to feel invested in the Coca-Cola advert. And yet every time it comes on, I'm like, right, well, Christmas has started. Oh, my God, you are cracking me up. I'm just going to randomly listen at you. Holidays are coming, the holidays are coming. Yes, and then just you see all the trucks sparkling in the, like in the landscape in the darkness and the guys, the little boys pushing his way through to see it and oh god, gets me. Um <laughs> do, you want, do you want to tell me your more tasteful uh favourite Christmas adverts? I've actually picked ones from this year. I do have a backlog of all my favourite John Lewis ones. I think most British people do. Um I love the one with the advent calendar where the kid can't wait to give the Christmas present to his parents, which was like, I feel like that must be about like 10 that. years ago now. That's really old. I like Monty, Monty the penguin. I really liked it this year. And I will admit, I did cry. The bit with the hedgehog, with the pigeons, just got me. <laughs> I've just mocked you for crying at the Coca-Cola advert. I mean, come on, I cried. At it's like a little hedgehog and he has the pigeon wings and he just wants to fit in and it just really made me sad. Um, <laughs> The Disney one, I think Disney have done a really good job on their Christmas ad this year. Um, it's so cosy. And and this is a bit left field because it isn't actually a TV ad, but I don't think that you can have like a good 
in my opinion, a good conversation about TV advert or Christmas advertisement this year without acknowledging the Space NK ad that um, Carrie, uh, the blogger Wish Wish Wish, produced with them. It is next level cosy Christmas vibes. Like, this is the one you sent me, right? Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Um, I mean, I think uh, like cinematography yeah. is amazing. I didn't, I didn't feel like instantly Christmas cozy and festive when I watched it. Oh my god, everything like the little car and the like the music. Oh my god, it made me feel so festive. It was so cozy. Also, it's beauty, and we all know that I am a beauty addict, so maybe that was part of it. Like Space NK at Christmas is just. I could appreciate it, and. <laughs> Yeah, I could. I've actually just remembered that I have seen a Christmas advert this year that I love. And, well, this is a thing. I couldn't remember what it was for, so I've just looked it up. And this is not going to be... You're not going to know what it is. It's for Super Value uh, Supermarket in Ireland. And I don't know why I've seen it. It must have been on social media somewhere. But little boy Connor, who's... It's it's like loads of short little clips on the run up to Christmas as he's like putting up his Christmas tree and he's coming home and he's shopping, like all these preparations for the festive period. And he keeps saying, mum, is he still coming this year? And mum, is he going to come? And obviously it's it's COVID and you're thinking, is Santa going to come? Like this little boy is really worried that Santa's not going to be able to come this year because of because of the pandemic. And actually the clip at the end, he's lying in bed and he hears a noise downstairs and he gets up and he runs downstairs and he's like, you made it and it's his oh. granddad and it's not it's not even about Santa it's it's his granddad was still oh. able to come and he was still able to see him that made me cry this year and I thought it was amazing and it's not even on tv here oh my god that would have got me that would have had me bawling can you send that to me I know I know I'll, yeah. cry, but... I'll find it and send it <laughs> that sounds I love things like that like when it's you think it's about one thing and it's actually about something so lovely yeah, you saying that John Lewis one with the calendar when he can't wait to give his present, that's what reminded me of it. Oh, it's just it's just so lovely. Like I wanna know what everyone who's listening's favourite Christmas ads are. I just it's just something about it. I know that it like symbolises the commerciality of Christmas, but and you can be cynical about it, but it's it's cozy. Make me pick one that's better than Coca-Cola. <laughs> I mean the Coca-Cola advert is a classic and when I see it, I I do think the holidays are coming. Doesn't make me cry though, babe. <laughs> it's just, it's not like crying in like it's sad. It just, it's the festiveness. It's the excitement. <laughs> it's the overwhelm. You just, you just can't cope. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Um, shall we move on to a little chat about our topic this week before yeah. we spend the whole time discussing my bad taste in adverts? <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's discuss this week's topic. So given that it's the end, pretty much the end of the year, um, we wanted to just kind of wrap up the year by talking a bit about the the few positive things that have happened this year and how we've tried to see the positive moments um, in what has been one of the most difficult years for so, so many of us. And we definitely don't want to like brush the situation of the rug. Um, it's been an exhausting year. It's been a heartbreaking year. That said, among it all, I think there are little, like whether they're really little things or they're bigger things that are positive, that have happened. Progress has been made in certain things. And we just want to take a chance to celebrate that because to write off the entire year as a disaster 
feels like a bit of a shame. Yeah, I feel like it would be a disservice to the things that have been amazing yeah. this year. And whether that's on a big, grand, national, international scale, or whether it's like we spoke about the other week, celebrating your small wins, I think don't, like we've discussed before, but you have to celebrate and you have to see the positives that you've achieved this year. doesn't mean you shouldn't celebrate just because the year has been a bit crappy all round. Yeah, for sure. Like, whether it's... Like, whether it's just the little things, like, I think one thing this year has done has made me really appreciate small things more, like, when I wake up and there's a gorgeous sunrise, or being able to go for a walk in the evening, or being able to call a friend, or, like, FaceTime people, and all that sort of thing, um, or even, like, I don't know, you go to the fridge and you've not run out of milk, like, those really little things, on yeah. a normal day, you'd be, you'd take for granted, 2020 has taught me how much joy you can get from them. Yeah, and I think we, we've both spoken about the app before, but the um, the Presently app, I find myself more and more writing those smaller things on, like just, that. well, not smaller things, but the things we take for granted, like having food in the fridge, like being able to, like living with someone who we can spend time with or yeah. having friends to reach out to, having a roof over our heads. Like mm-hmm. there's so many things that we take for granted and this year just pretty much you, you can't take it for granted. And appreciating those things is something that I've definitely taken from this year oh for sure and also like acknowledging that there is still good news and positive things like I think you know it's the the news has been dominated rightly so by things this year that have been really tough to witness and as a result the really great things that have happened the really positive things haven't been shared in the same way and been overshadowed yeah totally totally that and I think like you can look at the year and go do you know what there are some cool things like beavers are back in the UK for the first time in like how many hundreds of years since the 18th century and they built that they built the first dam this week it's so cool like that's like what that will do for British wildlife and what that will do for the environment is amazing like okay it's not the same as like it doesn't outweigh the negative things that have happened but that's so cool Yeah. And I mean, other things as well, like this, was it this week or last week, but the, the confirmation that the UK is moving forward, the ban on fuel cars to 2030. So that literally means in 10 years time, they will not be making any more petrol or diesel cars. How amazing is that? And like Scotland making sanitary products free, like that will end period poverty. The impact that will have on people who have periods is huge. Like and then the wider impact that has on the economy and just how people feel in setting a precedent for other countries to follow as well like I feel like the conversation was then like okay England what are you doing when are you catching up yeah what's your reason for not doing it it's just so powerful and so brilliant because not only does it set a tone but on an individual level that will transform some people's lives like oh yeah amazing and I think on the bigger scale as well, I mean, we've had the all of the good news recently about the vaccinations. Yeah. I, already you're seeing a pickup in the in the markets from that. Um, Biden, how can we not talk about Biden? That's another huge, huge win for this year. Like during Kamala. Like yeah. yes. the the election was we, we already spoke about it a lot in the episode a couple of weeks ago, but it is a huge 
huge positive step, not just for the US, but for the whole world. So that's definitely, that definitely, I feel like it had a really uplifting effect on a lot of people. Yeah. When that was. And I think as well, when, when you think back like April time, when the whole world came to a standstill and all of a sudden there were dolphins in the canals in Venice, like it's evidence that we have it within our gift to make positive changes it will positively impact the environment and it's just such a gorgeous reminder like that's amazing yeah I mean how long was it as well that uh was it back in May that the UK went without burning coal yes weeks the longest time ever and again that didn't really get much coverage but that's incredible that's a huge huge step forward yeah and whilst it was surrounded in such horrendous circumstances the like I feel like a lot of people really woke up to the Black Lives Matter movement this year and a lot of people went Jesus like I need to do more and have made have started doing the work to become actively anti-racist and and become more aware of just anyone who has an existence that's different to yours and the the plights that they face and their realities and what we can all do to be better allies all around like that's a huge cultural shift and I I hope that we don't lose that like yeah I think there's been a lot of um cultural changes this year that have they've come about they should have come about earlier let's be honest yeah um there should have been a much there should have been much more awareness earlier on so they've come out of things which are obviously not not great but I feel the same about not just those social issues, but also in terms of um, the economy. Yeah. In terms of thinking about where you're spending your money, what companies you're supporting, mm-hmm. like whether your values align with the company that you're giving your money to, or whether there's a local business that you could choose instead. Yeah. I think again, so many so many small businesses have have lost their business this year, which is heartbreaking. And I also feel like. The other side of that is that a lot more people are aware of what they can do for their local businesses, which just wasn't wasn't there before. I mean, that doesn't mean that there's still not all those people hopping on Amazon and instantly doing a quick order because it's quick and easy. But I feel like a lot more people are shopping local where they can. And if they're sure. obviously I recognize it's a privilege sometimes, but it's it's a shift. For sure. And like these, I know that the the two shifts we've just spoken about have and that in themselves they aren't positive. So you know, those situations have occurred in the first place, but the what has happened as a result and how attitudes have shift have shifted, sorry, is definitely a good thing to come of this year. Like but you said it should have happened a long time ago, but it hasn't and but we're we're getting there. Um and I feel like the same we can set like we've touched on the environment already, but the Attenborough conversation after his documentary again, like it shows us that there's hope. It shows us that things can get better and that even when things are really crap, there can be positives. And like, I think it's really good as well for us to all just sit down for a minute and focus on like the good things we've achieved this year, because there will be things that you've achieved this year that are just great. Yeah. And I think on the back of what you've said just there, I'm sure there's so many things that people have achieved this year and you should celebrate them. And if you're sitting there thinking, I haven't achieved anything this year, I actually think you have. Uh, I think when I was planning for this episode and thinking about it, 
I was thinking, what's a positive lesson that's come from negative experiences this year? And the first thing that I've written on my notes is adaptability. Yes. And I think for human beings that don't necessarily like change, are not comfortable with change, there has been so much change this year. And this amount of uncertainty, humans aren't made to constantly be dealing with this kind of state of flux where there's just constantly unpredictable, uncertain environment. Like it's it's exhausting. Mm. And I think the fact that people have adapted and it's it's undeniable how incredibly well people have adapted because they've had to. So if yeah. you're sitting thinking, oh, I haven't really achieved anything this year, yes, you have. You've you've adapted and you've you've got through this year in a way that that has been right for you and is comfortable for you and you've made yeah. it to the end of the year. And I think that I think just something to take into next year for me as well is to have more faith in yourself that you can get through the tough times. Yeah, like no matter how tough your year has been, no matter how much you have struggled, you have you've had the resilience to be here now. And that is such a huge achievement. Like, and I think we've all we've all taken that to be quite normal, and it isn't. Like, there's yeah. nothing about this year has been normal, <laughs> or familiar, or comforting, or anything like that. So the fact that we're all here, like, if nothing else, let's raise a glass to that. Oh yeah, absolutely. She says with a glass of red wine in her hand. <laughs> it's very appropriate. There will be so many celebrations that 2020 is over and I don't think that we're out of the woods on a lot of fronts. <laughs> There's a lot of things we still need to all work on and push forward and overcome and all that sort of thing. That said, I think 2020 can be our shining example that we can. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I know a few years ago, what year is it, like 2016, 2015, 2016, I feel like the whole internet was like, this is the worst year ever, and everyone wrote it off, and I was just like, you can't write off 365 days. Yeah. Like, acknowledge the bad times, respect the good ones as well, even if it's just that the sky is shining, like the sun's shining and the sky's blue. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll all learn from this year in different ways. Yeah. But we will. I feel like that's quite a good place to wrap it up for the episode and well for the year like we rebranded the podcast this year it's a whole new podcast than it was in January and actually I don't think we would have done that if there hadn't have been the pandemic if we hadn't have been forced to take the time and be introspective and literally be around more like that's a cool thing god yeah I can't believe that's that was actually in this year that see right there there's something you you forget what you've achieved but you forget all the things you've managed to do in a year. Like, and also we had two and a half months of the year pre-pandemic. Like, what did you do then? Like, this cool yeah. stuff that happened then. Like, I just, we, like, it's been, it's been a mad year. But I'd also just want to say how grateful we both are to everyone who listens. The support this year has been amazing. Like, we could never in January have predicted, like, the growth we have seen, the response we have had, um, to see that our podcast is in people's Spotify wraps of most listened to podcasts. Like, that's amazing to see. It sounds like a really humble brag. I don't mean it to. It just blows my little mind out of the water. Like, I don't think either of us can really put into words um, how grateful we are, even though we just spend so much time using our words and talking so much. Um, 
<laughs> thank you like seriously it's been amazing yeah thank you everyone for listening sending us messages subscribing reviewing everything we really appreciate all of it and that's going to be really like <laughs> and we hope it continues but, I mean I hope it does like I hope you guys stick with us for next year because God knows what it's going to hold and where the podcast can go in the next year. It's, it's so, so exciting. And also, um, if you are, if there's something you want to do and you're not sure about it and you're a bit worried about what people will think, just do it. Like, we were so worried about this podcast and like what people would think and we really thought that no one would listen. And the the success of it isn't defined by the number of people who listen. I don't mean it like that, but... Like, I'm so pleased we just went for it. So if you're thinking of doing something, whatever it is, whether it's like starting your own website or starting a podcast or, you know, starting a new class, trying a different exercise, like learning how to knit, whatever it is, make 2021 that you just do it and give it a go. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect to start. You just need to start. Yeah. Oh, oh, I feel all emotional. I think I took that off one of our uh, Instagram photos, so. <laughs> We're quoting our own selves back to ourselves. I think I think that that's not a sign that we need to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We hope it's brought some festive cheer to you. And whether you celebrate Christmas or any of the holidays at this time of year, we just hope that you have a happy and safe next month. Um, and a, a good 2021 like we will we will see you in the new year yeah look forward to bringing you lots more content in the new year and of course if you have any suggestions or anything that you'd like to hear from us or anything you'd like us to chat about please do get in touch we'll be doing lots of planning over the christmas period so we want to make sure that we're we're planning what you guys want to hear us talk about because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys a hundred percent but in the meantime everyone please stay safe um, stay well and we'll catch you in 2021 oh it's so exciting bye <laughs> bye anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.